We will be in Psalm 46 today. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's always great to be here and sing with you guys. Uh, you know, I was just reading um, just a couple weeks ago a book called Corporate Worship. It's one of the Nine Marks books, the colorful ones. I call them the Skittles books, the little bitty ones. Well, uh, it just shared the importance of uh, coming together with a local body and uh, worshiping together through through song and through hearing the word together. And so it's just, it's great to be here. Um, you know, one thing about this congregation that's really good. I, I've preached before, but uh, not much, but uh, I've never preached here. And uh, this congregation has a lot of people that really know the word. And uh, so it's a great opportunity for me to to get to be here and to learn. And hopefully some of you guys will, uh, will give me some pointers later on. But uh, it's a great opportunity for me. So thanks. Um, I would say six, seven weeks ago, I picked this song. And I bet it was June 16th because... Just every now and then I read some of the Psalms and, and they fall on certain dates. And so that was probably it. And, and I read this Psalm and, uh, just God is our fortress. And at that time, uh, it really, I don't know, rang true to me. But, uh, over time, about two weeks ago, I started looking at it. And, and some of you know that Jess and I were recently married and, and we just, you know, have struggles getting to know each other. And I hear that that continues until, you know, until you die. I just, I heard. So, so, but anyways, we're, 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 uh, we've got a challenge and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what's going on? That God is my fortress and yet I'm struggling here and my thoughts are ruling my emotions and making my emotions, uh, you know, just, just pulling me down. So I look at Adam at one point and I said, Adam, I'm supposed to preach on this and I'm not trusting in God as my fortress. You know, I, how am I going to do this? Well, I struggled with that. And I, I wrestled and, and thought about it. And, and after a while, I saw a story emerge. And what I see here is the psalmist telling this encouraging story and telling us, come and see our king in his majesty. So that's what I titled it, come and see our king in his majesty. And a good storyteller can paint a really good picture. And I'm going to try. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a good storyteller. But I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. This scene of me driving to New Mexico. So I lived in Texas. And I would go to New Mexico into the Rocky Mountains from time to time. And you would drive through green fields with tall grass for, I don't know, an hour, two hours. 
But, but drive for an hour and you see this little bitty mountain and, and an hour later it's a little bigger. And you know driving that far, this is a massive mountain. And so you get out of the car and you see this, this field of green grass that's waving in the wind. And you see that big mountain. And, and although it's grown, it's, uh, you know it's gigantic because you still cannot see um, the shades of, of or the, the trees or anything on the mountain. You just see this bluish gray hue. So this, this thing's got to be big. And this storm is rolling in and smashing against the mountain. And rain is falling. And you just wonder how on earth God hung that cloud in the sky with this massive rain just showering and, and feeding the earth. And then there's a sunset behind it. And you see these hues of purples and dark blues and oranges and reds and yellows. And then there's holes in the, in the storm where these golden rays of sun shine through. And if you stand there long enough, you might catch a breeze as the grass is waving towards you. And you can smell that rain. And sometimes you can even taste the rain. Well, I'm not the best storyteller, but hopefully I've painted a picture where you can kind of get a sense of what I've seen many times before. But I think this psalmist is a really good storyteller, and he has a lot of imagery here. So let's let him encourage us as we dive into this story. Now, I'm going to go with the theme of a story. So we're going we're gonna to play like we're in a theater, not just a movie theater, but a theatrical theater where there's a stage and the big, huge, tall red curtain that can draw closed and open up. And we'll have two acts to this. Point number one, act one, is honor the creator. And act two is praise the conqueror. So those are going to be our two acts. So we'll start. Honor the creator. Verse one through five. I'll read through this again. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. So we're in this theater. And the psalmist, before he starts to show us the action, he wants to set the stage. As any good storyteller, he's not just going to jump in. He's going to say, hey, I want you to know where to stand as this story begins. So this psalmist... He gives us a proper perspective. Where are you going to look? What's really going on? He's going to build a little character development. He wants us to know who our creator is. So he puts a stake in the ground. This is what we're going to hold on to through the rest of this story. We will not fear because he will prevail. He says he is here with us. God is our refuge and strength. Put your trust in him. He's a very present help in trouble. Now he begins the story. The curtains draw open and we see a world in chaos. Don't forget that this was written to the choir master, the sons of Korah. Remember in number 16 what happened there? Well, Korah and his sons, they were they had a design from God. Moses told them, "You're going to lead your Levites. You're going to lead uh you're going to lead worship." And they didn't like God's design. They saw Moses and Aaron telling them what to do. And they said, no, no, no. We don't want God's design. We want our own. We want that kind of leadership. We want to do what we want to do. And they were judged for it. The ground opened up and swallowed them. Well, these are their descendants. And here, they have to, they have to sing this song. 
and they sing, therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way. So these guys are looking back. They know the story. Scriptures have been written. Was there a family curse? Was there just generational uh, issues? They held on to that stake. They said, God is our refuge and strength. We will not fear. But this is not a world we want to live in. We see all the chaos. This world is created, but it's always changing. Sin not only affected us humans, but the curse fell on the rest of creation, and its nature is no longer for us. We see the sea swallowing up the earth. Mountains are being moved into the heart of the sea. Mountains tremble at its swelling. Well, the Bible uses uh, seas as imagery of judgment. Remember Noah and the flood, where it says, uh, the word says, every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. Well, that grew over the earth. Well, so did judgment. The springs came up, the oceans opened up, and rains fell down and just completely covered the world with judgment. Think about the Red Sea. The Israelites, they were God's people, and he saved them away from slavery. The sea opened up, they were saved, and went through, uh, went on away from their captors. But their captors said, no, we will go get them back. They were judged. The sea crashed down on them. What about Jonah in the ocean? God said, you're my prophet and you're going to go tell these guys about me. And he says, no, no, I'm turning my back on you and I'm going to go do what I want to do. Well, he was thrown into the ocean and a fish swallowed him. As sin increased, we see here the waters are swelling. Sin increased on on the uh, the earth. And the world, the, the judgment swelled. But as we've seen here, the psalmist tells us of a good God who created the world, but our sin has caused a curse. Not only us, on creation itself. You understand this. You see it. You see the chaos around you. You feel the rejection, selfishness, and pride in your loved ones and even in yourself. You smell the decay of this world. You hear the cries of death. And you taste the pains of failure and rejection. This is not a world to be satisfied with. It's not a world to desire. It's not what our original design is. You should not be happy here with this world. Christian, this is not our home. But let the psalmist tell us about what our real home is. Move down in the storyline. Read a little further and let the orator point you to what you were made for. Christian, You were made for the city of God. As we saw, as we read, the holy habitation of the Most High. This is a city that already exists. It's a city with our God dwelling in it. It's the home for those who trust in him. It says, she shall not be moved. This city doesn't fear the mountains trembling. The waves don't crash against it and make it move. It doesn't get swallowed up by judgment. In fact... It's a picture of past, present, and future. Think about the creator dwelling with creation in the Garden of Eden. What about the creator as he dwelled in the temple with his people when this was, uh, when this was written? Or think about the spirit dwelling with us now. And then also think about a future dwelling in Revelation 22 when the people of God surround our Lord on his throne. It says, a river 
of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Here, in this psalm, we see there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The imagery is very similar here. This river flows down and out of a city. Just like the Garden of Eden had rivers flowing out of it. Well, here, we've seen seas as judgment, but also the Bible uses imagery of rivers as life. People of God also um, share this life with the city around, with the world around them, leaving out of the city into the world. Think about Genesis 2, back to creation, when God gave us a purpose. God said, image bearers of God, or we as image bearers of God, will multiply and fill the earth. Think about Abram in Genesis 12, where he was told, hey, you're going to go to a new country, a new location. You will be a nation. You will be blessed so you can bless other nations. What about the Great Commission? As Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples of all the world. But before this act closes, the psalmist wants us to remind, wants to remind us of something. In verse 5, he says, God will help you when the morning dawns. There will be a new day. The night will pass away and the sun will rise. You may think it's always winter and never Christmas. I know when I moved here from Texas in December, I did. But there is an end to the night. There is an end to the cold. Feel the warmth of the sun as it rises. Watch the frost melt away around you as the corruption of the night fades into the day. And see that God is there to help his people when the new day comes. So as the curtains draw closed and the set has changed behind it, let me give you a warning. For those not of God, you're about to see judgment. But for those who are in God, act number two, praise the conqueror. So let's read verses 6 through 11. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Jacob, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. The psalmist reveals a new scene, one still with affliction, but there's a clear winner here. There's a clear victor. Not only did we see the judgment consume the earth, but God is executing his judgment on the people who don't trust in him. We read, he utters his voice and the earth melts. Well, this harkens back to creation. As Psalm 33 puts it, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. Not only can God speak and make creation, but he can speak it into desolation. But remember, this is encouraging for those who are people of God. Don't forget, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The psalmist wants you to know the works that God has done. He says, come, come look at this. Come behold, behold the works of our Lord. He wants to tell you, this is all God's plan. 
God is a sovereign Lord. As we have sinned and creation itself has rebelled, God has judged those that are against him. He makes war cease. That's present tense. He has worked to save his people and he still does. His actions immediately stop the opposition. Look at what he's attacked. He destroys their offense. At the time of this, when this was written, bows, spears, and especially chariots were the things people used to win wars. Without those that God destroys, what are they going to do? How are they going to win the war? And he says, be still and know that I am God. So let's stop our pacing. Let's stop our worrying. Let's stop all the business we do to solve all our own problems. Let's stop spending so much time just trying to make us comfortable in this world. Let's look to God, pay attention to him, and get to know who he is. In this, God will be exalted. He does the things he does for his own name's sake. Back to Genesis 2, this command will be fulfilled. He uses his people to carry his banner. And as referenced in scene 1, God's people go out from the city of God to proclaim his name. Now that you know who he is, you've been still and gotten to know him, and you know the work he's done for you, go and tell the nations, go and tell the world. But you're no longer working for yourself. You're not only work, you're no longer working for your desires, you're working for his. You exalt him by telling the world that you don't fear those mountains that are trembling. You don't care about those seas that are raging against you because you put your trust in God. So as you go into the world, never cease to look back to God and remember the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's no accident that that's in here twice. Always look to our Lord. Don't look back. Don't look back at your past life and the desires of this earth. Don't forget Lot's wife. Remember, God is saving them out of their life. They wanted to live in Sodom. And he's saving them out. And she looks back and looks at the desires of this world. And she's judged for it. Don't be that. The works of God always continue. And he will always save his people. So now in our theater, the lights come up. The curtain draws close. And our friend the psalmist desires to share just a little bit more with us. To sum up the story. What's the point here? Is it just that God will save us from our troubles? No, no. God, the creator, made a good world and has a perfect plan for you and me. But we rejected him. We've gone along with our own plan. We have our own desires. And there's a cost. There's a judgment for that. But there's a promise, a city of God, that people can dwell and God dwells with us. He helps us. We can trust him. The morning will dawn and he will provide for us. The psalmist wants us to gaze, not at some distant God, but a God who came down and dwelled with us. Jesus, the God man. He has the perfect plan. He lived the perfect plan. In fact, at one point he says, it's not my will, but yours that he wants to do. And he's talking about God, the father. He took our corruption and he took our judgment and the earth swallowed him up. He was buried for it. Yet death could not defeat him. The earth that gave way to swallow him up had to give way to spit him back out. Just think about Jonah and the whale. When God spoke, the whale spit Jonah out on dry land. Well, in the same way, our Jesus 
had to be spit out by that earth. He conquered our worst enemy, death itself. What has he not done for you today? Trust in the Lord of hosts who is with us, the God of Jacob, who is our fortress. Him only, not your own salvation from your own troubles, from your past, from your future. Don't trust in this world and its promises to please you, to abate your difficulties, but only Christ and then glorify his name. So as I referenced, I'm struggling with uh, how, you know, back in the beginning, I'm struggling with this psalm and what to do. Well, in the future, I'm going to have doubts. It's going to happen. I know it. I'm going to doubt God's goodness for me. I'm going to doubt my devotion to him. But I must look again and again to Psalm 46, who God is, what he's done for me, what he's doing now, and what he will do in the future. What are you afraid of? What has your emotions all ripped to shreds? Christian, be still and know that he is God and put your trust in him. He will glorify his name through the works he does in and around you. His name will be exalted by Christians who put their trust in him even when the mountains tremble and the waves crash against them. And if you're still trusting in something else other than the work of Christ, if you still have doubts, you still work hard so that God sees the good things you do and you're just hoping that in the end, your good things will get you in, out of trouble. Just know that you're not bearing the image of God. You're not glorifying his name on this earth. You're glorifying your own. Don't stand on the wrong side of this conqueror, but be still and know that he is God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Psalm 46 and how it reminds us over and over again that you are our fortress and strength. Lord, help us to put our trust in you. Help us to hold your banner high and bear your image. Spirit, keep us strong in this chaotic world and open the eyes of those who don't trust in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.